0: You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Or then I invite you to join me on my 30,000 mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing, we'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry, because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, ManyRoadsTravel.com. So, without further ado, let's hit the road! Today it is episode 13! Woohoo! And we are off to Luxor, the ancient capital called Thebes. And it's also the home to the world's greatest open-air museum and the most famous burial, burial ground in the world. Woohoo! We're going to be covering about 800 miles today. That's going to take us up to 7, no, sorry, 8,000 miles that we've done on our 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town. So if this is your first episode, then you might want to go back to episode one so you can join me along the whole trip. Let's just start off with uh, my top five countries for the podcast journey that you are also on with me. So the top five this week is Canada, USA, Great Britain, Poland, and France. And I've also got some exciting news because I did an interview a little while ago on uh, another lady's uh, podcast, very nice, Lena. And uh, that interview about, uh, like with me, is on, it's coming out tomorrow on her podcast, which is called The Accented World. So you might want to check that out. It was, yeah, it was fun. Probably about just under an hour long. So I think that's about it. Let's hit the road as we always do. (laughs) Okay, so we're on uh, day 73. We uh, just left Siwa, Oasis. We spent uh, just over a week there. So we're back in Cairo, back in our little home away from home, uh, Hotel Select. And right now we is me and my friend Casey, who I left Canada with to start this trip. didn't end it with him that's for sure not even close (laughs) and we'd also had picked up a lovely guy Duncan British guy uh, along the way day 73 so we get to back to Cairo head up to the Sudan embassy because we had applied for our Sudanese visa over two weeks ago and just you know fingers crossed get to the Sudanese visa or embassy sorry and they're like no maybe another week (laughs) Oh my God. And we had no, oh, we knew that it wasn't even a guarantee we'd get the visa. And I mean, the whole point of the trip was to travel from Paris to Cape Town by land. So we really needed the <laughs> Sudanese visa. Uh, so we decided, okay, well, we'll head down to Luxar and, and spend some, you know, kill some time. And plus, obviously, we wanted to go there. <laughs> so Duncan joined it. Like he came back to Cairo because the day before when we were in uh, Mersa Matru, which is on the coast of Egypt, he got really sick so he went to the hospital so we went you know he told us to go ahead without him but anyways he arrived, you know feeling better I think he got some antibiotics and also his sister was flying in from England that night uh, to join him on some I forget how long couple of weeks I think so that was exciting so that night she arrived late at night so when we woke up on day 74 Beth was there so the four of us headed out to Ramsey's train station to get our train tickets for Luxar And then, of course, we had to show her the ropes of Cairo because we're becoming quite experts on Cairo. (laughs) So we took her to the good old trusty falafels restaurant. We found the cafe on the side of it. So the actual restaurant was pretty expensive, but there was this cool little cafe, which is half the price. Same food. It was weird. Uh, So we took her there and then, of course, took her to try out the old shisha pipes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I was starting to really love. Couldn't quite believe I was smoking now after like, I was 23 years old. So, But I loved it. And you can get like honey flavored or, or apple flavored tobacco. It's so smooth. and just played lots of backgammon. And then we also took her to the Canel Khalil Bazaar, which is the huge bazaar there. And I was looking for some like a cartouche, which is um, like Egyptian hieroglyphics that are on, you know, uh, to kind of get them on like silver. And then just sort of get wear of the necklace. But uh, they couldn't make it in time because our train was at 7 p.m. So I had to give it a miss. Uh, anyway, so we get, went back to the Select, packed up our stuff, although we actually left, I think we just brought a little bag with us, uh, like a day bag, and we left our big bag in storage there. Which is another little tip, which is great. Because if you're just doing like little, like going away for a couple of days or so, and you know you're coming back, you can often leave your luggage there for free you know, as long as you trust the place. <laughs> and we did study. you know, we spent enough nights there that they, they, they were great. Management was great. So yeah, so we uh, got to, headed to the train station, got our train, left at 7 p.m. that night. And we opted for second class seats, which were okay. They're really pretty comfortable. And if you're lucky enough, you could also swivel around the two seats in front of you so you can put your legs up. Don't think we had that on the way down, but we did have it on the way back. But of course they don't keep, they didn't turn the lights off ever, <laughs> so didn't get much sleep and arrived into Luxor on day 75 at 430 am. Not an optimal time to arrive in a new city. <laughs> However, there was a local guy there, this big fat guy, <laughs> he was really friendly actually, and he said, "Oh, I own a hotel and it's called Happy Land." Do you want to come check it out? Well, how could you resist happy land? So yeah, we, we went a little dubious, but we went and yeah, it was really nice. It was super clean. There was a lovely rooftop patio. Most importantly, it had hot showers, always good. And it was only like $2 each <laughs> a night. So that was even better. And then breakfast was only 50 cents. So wait, and you could uh, eat it on the rooftop. So it was really nice. So yeah, we crashed till about 11 in the morning. And then I got up and decided, you know, just have a little walk around town. So we hit up a few markets. I finally found a dude to make my cartouche. And of course, I got the usual marriage proposal. (laughs) That happened a lot in Egypt, which I refused. He wanted like 60 Egyptian pounds for the cartouche. I I was like, what? No way. So I managed to talk him down to 28. So it was about three Egyptian pounds to the u.s dollar back then remember this is back in 1993. <laughs> uh, now i think it's about 16 egyptian pounds to the u.s dollar anyway so i got my cartouche so i was super happy and then i managed to find like a leather necklace which was made out of antelope leather so i was like oh, i'm super cool now <laughs> got my cartouche and my antelope leather <laughs> but yeah and then we uh went and grabbed uh, some dinner and that was another thing. Like Luxor was so expensive to, uh, compared to Cairo. And it was actually a lot hotter, too. It was probably about five or six degrees hotter. So, yes, we had a crappy dinner. So we decided, well, let's just buy a bottle of vodka <laughs> and head to the rooftop and play some cards. So we did that to about two in the morning. And then on day 676, we were like, okay, today's going to be Feluca Day. So we rented a Feluca for the day. And a Feluca is like an Egyptian... Boat that it's made out of wood and it's got the, the big sail although they do have motors although our owner Abdul was a bit of an a-hole but besides that it was an amazing day and also his boat was called the happy Nile so we were like well we're staying in happy land happy Nile let's all be happy <laughs> so we took off about 10 in the morning there wasn't much wind, but because Abdul was so cheap, he wouldn't put the motor on. So the, there's two brothers he had working for him and they had to bloody row it. And it was like, it's a big boat. <laughs> so I felt sorry for them. But uh, we just, you know, chilled on the boat for a bit, you know, sailing down the Nile, super cool. And then we went across the other side of the Nile to uh, the brother's family home for breakfast. So the mother made us some breakfast. Though it was not the best, I have to say, uh it was like rock hard bread buffalo cheese which smelled like smelly feet <laughs> Uh, some tomatoes and tea but they had some egyptian music on and i just got up and started dancing and the mother thought that was the funniest thing she'd ever seen so it worked out okay <laughs> so then we head back on the boat and i was just chilling on the the, the, the the bow and just catching some rays and yeah just sitting back and taking it all in really you know sailing down the Nile pretty cool and then we went to Crocodile Island which had this really fancy resort with a pool so we did try and sneak in (laughs) but we got caught so we tried but no go and then we went to Banana Island which guess what it had lots of sweet little bananas on there so we got a big bunch of those for the the get back, take back on the boat. They were really good, actually. They're very sweet because they're, they're small. But then I said to Abdullah, I was like, well, I really want to swim in the Nile. I mean, he's like, uh, Madam, there's like lots of crocodiles in the Nile. And I'm like, okay, well, that is a good valid point. I was, I was like, so I can't swim in it? He's like, okay, well, we have to find somewhere that has very strong currents, kind of almost like, you know, you get those mini tidal pools, like whirlpools in the in the rivers so yeah we found one of those and he's like okay this is a spot I, Like we looked around for crocs didn't see any <laughs> and he's like okay now jump in this water net like where it stay in this curb bit and, and go so jumped in you know spent maybe five ten minutes i didn't want to push my luck <laughs> but i got to swim in a croc infested nile <laughs> I don't know, I have a crazy bucket list. Yeah, then we just got back on the boat and uh, just sailed some more and then watched beautiful sunset. So yeah, it worked out to be a really, really great day uh, because we're on it from 10 a.m. till probably six-ish. Then we, of course, hit up our normal uh, koshery little restaurant. Now, koshery is like the Egyptian staple cheap meal too, but it's really, really good. It's kind of made up of spiced lentils and rice and macaroni and tomato sauce and uh, vegetables in there. And normally, like in Cairo, I think we paid like 50 cents or something. So, but it's Luxor, <laughs> so there was four of us, right? And then the bill comes to 24 Egyptian pounds. I was like, no way, not doing it. Cause it should have been, like I said, about 10 maximum. So I managed to negotiate and got him down to 12. So he still made made a bit more money off of us. Uh, And then we, of course, did the other usual thing we did was, yeah, go back for some more shisha pipes. So had that. I was becoming, I still was getting massive head spins and not like feeling really high off the tobacco because I'd never smoked before. But it was a nice little buzz for sure. And then the, so the next day everyone else was just being lame and just wanted to lay about and I'm like what like where in are there's so much to see and do here so I just took off on myself and decided to walk which was about 5k to Karnaka which is like uh, it's a, it's an ancient uh, Egyptian temple which is dedicated to Amun-Ra and Amun-Ra was the basically the supreme ruler of the universe and like they built it was so they could have contact between Amun-Ra and the pharaoh and the pharaoh was known as the supreme ruler of the earth so that was kind of like their contact point and it is a massive it's about two square kilometers and then there's also a smaller area which is dedicated to his wife Mut and also north of the main place, like temple there's another area that's dedicated to Montu who is the falcon-headed god of war. So to get in there you walk down the Avenue of Sphinxes (laughs) and it is so the construction of this temple is like 4,000 years and it took 2,000 years to build like to complete but yeah it's amazing so you walk down and there's like huge huge sanctuaries there, temples, statues, obelisks, pylons, pillars, and then all the pylons are pillars, they have like the hieroglyphics all the way up and down them and around. And, you know, so they, they kind of depicted scenes of the time. And then there's uh, the Great Hib- Hibasal Hall, and that is west of the main sanctuary. And that is just huge. It's like 103 meters by 52 meters. And there's 134 columns there. And the, the 12 largest are 21 meters. And they kind of support the the main structure of the, the hall. And then you go to the Khonsu Temple, which was dedicated to Amun-Ra and Mut's son, Khonsu. <laughs> <laughs> and that was built by Ramsey III. Uh, so yeah, so I just spent about an hour and a half walking through there, taking some photos. Just It was just amazing. I mean, back then it only cost me less than 2 dollars. Nowadays, or 2020, it's about 15 dollars. So, it's still a bargain. <laughs> then after there, I went to the Luxor Temple. And that's kind of the opposite end of the Avenue of Sphinxes, and I guess they used back in the old days they used to be connected, but it's been broken. So, you just it's not far. And yeah, so I went to the Luxor Temple, and again, that's very impressive. Not quite as big, but it is It's again has like hieroglyphics, uh, like all covering all the walls and there's lots of color, like it's still quite vibrant color, which is just crazy thinking. It's like, yeah, two, well, between two and 4,000 years old. Yeah, it took hundreds and hundreds of years to build. King Tut, actually, he finished building it and then uh, Ramses. Second, he added to it basically. And also one of the Apostle Halls, it was later on, like hundred years later, it was turned into a Christian church and then a Coptic church. I'm not sure what the difference is there. (laughs) And there's also a uh, shrine to Alexander the Great there. And this temple has like 14, 52 foot pillars. And then there's an outer courtyard uh, surrounding the temple. And Ramsey too, he's the one that added. And of course he just added it with lots of statues of himself, <laughs> as you do when you're a Pharaoh, why not, I guess. <laughs> so again, yeah, there's just like these huge pillars there with hieroglyphics all around, and there's a pair of obelisks, and then there's one super tall pylon, which you, like, again, it's just amazing how they built it. Cause it looks like it's made out of one piece of yeah, sandstone color, lime rock. think it was marble but no that was like other places I've been to so but yeah you can't see the seams of where they put the different pieces together it's just incredible how smart the Egyptians were I mean you know we've been to the pyramids already both Giza and Sakura and then here it just kept blowing my mind like I'm walking you know down walking down the avenue of the Sphinxes like just just sounds cool (laughs) and then thinking back wow 4,000 years old like how many other like pharaohs and nobles and everything you know walked down here throughout the generations it's it's pretty cool uh, so yeah so then I just kind of went back to the hotel caught up with everyone else I think they didn't do anything I <laughs> slouched around all day but yeah it was a, it was a really cool day so the next day day 78 uh, again I got up early about 730 had some brekkie and then I was like i i really enjoyed my day to myself yesterday so i'm gonna do it again today so i went and rented a bike which was like just over a dollar for the day you know i spoke to some some local people and they're like okay yeah just because it like looks like there's two sides so so there's the the west valley and the east valley so I, the day before i'd spent in the east valley so now i was going to the west valley yeah so i just crossed this the, the, there's a local ferry and it was like one egyptian pound so 30 cents. And you know, takes you across, and then just yeah, got on my bike and headed off to the Valley of the Kings. (laughs) And back then, it was only so right there. So there's the Valley of the Kings, and then there's the Valley of the Queens, and then there's the tombs of the nobles. Those are like the three main sites. And back then, it only it cost me less than five bucks to see everything. Uh, So nowadays, it's like two hundred and forty Egyptian pounds. So it's about sixteen dollars. And that gets you inside three tombs at Valley of the Kings. Still a very good deal, I think. (laughs) So anyway, so on my way biking to, or down the toward the Tomb of the Nobles, this local guy kind of flagged me down and, you know, started chatting to me. And, oh, by the way... My story for that day was that I was married. My husband was at home, like in the hotel six. So I just decided to, you know, go out by myself. And my one-year-old son was being looked after by my mom back in Canada. while we were just on like a two-week holiday. <laughs> Cause when you're a solo woman, I advise to have some stories that sound realistic <laughs> lined up for you. <laughs> Doesn't help too much, but it does help a little bit. So this guy, he was like, well, I can show you a shortcut to valley of the kings otherwise you're gonna to have to bike nine kilometers around the mountain i was like oh i don't know very important to listen to your gut gut instincts are always right and my gut said okay let's let's give it a shot <laughs> <laughs> and he turned out to be a really nice boy actually so we hit our but hid my bike under some bushes and he's like okay this is the shortcut well the shortcut was climbing the mountain <laughs> Instead of going around, we're going to go up and down. Oh my gosh, I was sweating buckets. And it, I was just in my Tevas, like my, you know, kind of flip-flop things. And it was just super sharp rocks and, of course, lots of loose gravel, like loose rocks. But, you know, he was, like, dancing up it. And uh, anyways, I followed it up, got up to the top. And wow, what a view. I mean, it was amazing. And no one really did that. Like, all the tourists were down, the, you know by on the road as <laughs> normal people probably do but the view so i could just see the whole valley of the kings it was a it was incredible view so it was definitely worth the hike so there we went you know got down the other side of the mountain into the valley of the kings and i went into like i don't know three or four tombs including king tut's tomb which is really cool but my favorite tomb was is tooth toothmasos the second and toothmasos the third sorry doesn't look like it's even open these days because uh, there's like 65 excavated tombs there and they reckon there still could be hundreds buried but depending on when you go like certain tombs will close because they're doing you know f- try to fix them renovate them whatever so y- right now like 2020 there's about um, eight tombs open so like I said with your entrance fee of uh, 16 bucks you get into going to three tombs although there's three tombs that are, um like the best tombs basically you have to pay extra it's not too i mean like one of them Ramsay to Ramsey the third or so i think that was a, just an extra 100 egyptian pounds the coolest one like seti is a thousand extra egyptian pounds and then king tuts is 300. like i said it's about 16 15 16 uh, egyptian pounds of the dollar so you can pay extra to go into those, but the so the one I went in, so yeah, so you had to climb a lot of stairs, which are like were carved out of the side of, of the lime, the limestone mountains. So you climbed all these stairs, and then you had to descend in like three flights of stairs into the tomb. It was so cool being in a tomb. I was like built for a pharaoh from three thousand years ago. Like just blew my mind basically. And a lot of the the tombs, well, the once upon a time, not definitely when I went, they'd be f- like filled with, so like, sorry. So all the tombs around, like all the walls are, are decorated with beautiful murals and hieroglyphics and very brightly colored. Um, and then they'd also be filled with like all sorts for their afterlife. Right? So they'd be filled with furniture, food, statues, boats, so they could sail to the other side. Uh, and, of course, jewels. Howard Carter, he dis- he discovered King Tut's tomb in 1926? or oh, 22, 1922. It was just completely covered in gold. And the reason why they kind of moved from... Because before they used to be buried, in, like kings were buried in the pyramids. The reason why they moved to Valley of the Kings was because it was a very remote valley like in an ancient valley because when they were the pyramids people used to steal from them like they would get the you know people break into the pyramids and steal all the valuables in there so that's why they kind of took them to this hidden valley of the kings thousands of years after they built the pyramids but yeah it was pretty cool (laughs) so yeah so after my three tombs there i climbed back that over that mountain at like midday super hot boiling and then found my bike, said goodbye to my little guide, uh, gave him a tip, and then biked to the tomb of the nobles. So there, they were more near the near the river, we were like near the Nile, because they weren't as there's not wasn't as many valuables in there. But they reckon there's like 500 tombs in in the tomb of the nobles. And then my favorite noble tomb was Cenophore. Um, and it, again just the inside. It was so beautiful, the murals and the hieroglyphics, and so bright and colorful, like it could have been painted yesterday. It was just incredible that you're thinking, oh no, it's actually two, 3,000 years old. <laughs> but I guess being in these chambers, like especially limestock, you know, it preserves everything in there so well, hence the pyram- uh, the mummies as well. Uh, so yeah, so after I you know, had a little wander around the tombs of the nobles, I then went, okay, well, I definitely have to check out the Valley of the Queens, Yes, queen. <laughs> so I biked over there and there was only two tombs open. So uh, and I, I, there was hardly anyone there, but there, I, there was a I kind of tagged along with this family from Colorado, uh, cause they had paid for a guide. Uh, so I just kind of was like, oh, do you mind if I join you? <laughs> and then they offered back sheesh, like attempt to get another tomb open, which they got done. So we got to go to three tombs. So that was pretty cool. Probably the most famous tomb there is Queen Nefertari. And that is, if you wanted to go see that, then that's an extra thousand Egyptian pounds. Uh so yeah, so after, you know, I queened it up in the valley, I <laughs> headed over to Ramses III Temple. I think I bike there again. And that's also known otherwise known as Medinet Habu. And it's very similar to Karnaka, where I was the day before, but it's across the other side of the you know, the other side of the Nile and that's 500 feet long and again it's surrounded by mud wall enclosure and inside there's all these different chapels it's just cool like it is like it is the biggest open-air museum in the world it's just incredible so it was about sunset and i ended up get just getting the local ferry back uh took my bike back went to happy land (laughs) got some dinner and literally just went to bed. <laughs> I was exhausted. I probably biked about 20 at least 20-25 kilometers that day plus climbed a mountain and up and down and just you know walking in the valleys both you know all three of them so I guess nowadays they have a tram in the Valley of the Kings. <laughs> That's super helpful. <laughs> uh, I think it's only about 4.30 cents or something four Egyptian pounds so there you go. Day 79 uh, we got the train back, at 1.30, back to Cairo, got into Cairo about 10 p.m. at night, so couldn't do anything, just, you know, did the usual back to our home from home, select, select hotel, just had a shish pipe, probably went to the Flaffle Cafe <laughs> again had dinner and then crashed with the hopes that tomorrow, okay, please let our Sudanese visa be ready. It's been now three, over three weeks. But of course, you're going to have to wait till next week to find out if we got the bloody thing. (laughs) However, before we go, and now it's time for TAM's Top Tips. Okay, so tip number one would be for Luxor. You can either book a guide to do both sides of the Nile, one or the other. Or you can get a, it's called like they have a Luxor Pass, which is 100 US dollars or $50 for students and that gets you into everything except the extra you know the more expensive tombs so you still have to pay on top of that or you can get the Luxor premium pass which is $200 and that gets you into everything all the tombs everything so it really depends how much you want to do or see you know especially with the extra cost of the tombs cuz Valley of the Kings it was just $16 Karnak was i think Ten or something, so it's not like the thing or 15 maybe. The things aren't that expensive to see, but you'd still save money if you're going to do what I did, which I saw mostly everything. Then the hundred dollar one's probably worth it for sure. You'd save some money, or like I said, you can do a guide, or just do what I did, like the independent local. That was the cheapest, and I'm all about cheap, like budget, <laughs> because I much rather travel longer and stay in you know cheaper hotels or eat cheaply. You know still good food local food but yeah i'd much rather have the time and the experiences than staying in posh hotels or paying for guides and stuff like that (laughs) that's just me okay so that'd be tip number one tip number two they now i i would i think it would look really cool but they now have a a light and sound show at the valley of the kings and it's only five dollars more like if you just did the normal entrance so it's 16 bucks so it'll be 21 dollars, and you get that the light show as well so that would be pretty cool to see i think and also don't go to any like Karnica, Valley of the Kings any of this between 10 a.m and 3 p.m because it's just inundated with that's when all the the group tours come and it just be so packed and ridiculous and remember going inside these tombs it's very narrow (laughs) so there would probably be a queue I imagine when there's because I still think they get like Well, obviously now with COVID, but normally four to five thousand visitors per day, so still quite a lot. So if you could go, it opens at 6 a.m. and it I think they're open uh, till 5 p.m. So early morning would be great with the sun, like for photos and stuff, or later in the day. So that would be my tip number two. Tip number three would be barter for everything, (laughs) especially in Luxor. It was ridiculous, like even for bottled water. Because we've been, I'd been in Egypt now for I don't know four weeks, so I knew the prices of things. And fair enough, I understand when you're in a more touristy place, it's going to be up more. And I understand we have more money than local people too, so I'm cool with paying a reasonable amount, reasonable, reasonable amount more. Don't take the piss. (laughs) So I would say always, whatever the price they say, like go about at least half, if not a third. And then you bargain, right? And it's part of their cus- like it's part of their culture. It's not insulting. Unless you have lots of money, then fine. <laughs> Pay what you want, because they'll need it, right? Any money extra, greatly appreciated, I'm sure. So yeah. And then for my solo female travel tip, I would say have your story concocted if you are, you know, obviously solo traveling. Perhaps wear a wedding ring. Obviously dress appropriately. Definitely shoulders and knees well like long shorts if they just come above your knee or skirts is okay but definitely shoulders covered to wear headscarf it's not that strict and also like i found i mean luxor was the worst for cat calls and just nonsense like when i went to Karnaka, like i just had my walkman on just so i could ignore them <laughs> so i had enough i was like okay really like have you never seen a woman before <laughs> like good thing i was not blonde blue-eyed and beautiful jesus it would have been a nightmare i mean it might have been calm down a bit by now I'm not sure but also stand your ground if you do you can ignore cackles and all that kind of crap right but if they physically touch you like my Cairo episode where I threw some punches as well I threw one punch <laughs> then you don't have to necessarily punch them but make a scene like shout at them you know make a scene because they know it's not right and uh, you will get people around that will understand that and kind of embarrass him and maybe he'll think twice about doing it again so, but besides, I mean, I, I did, you know, it was okay. Egypt out of the 76 countries I've been to Egypt was the worst for, for sexual harassment by far, but I lived through it. And like I said, kick him in the balls if you have to. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's a wrap for today. So yeah. Tune in into next Thursday to find out if we got that Sudan visa. And also you can oh make sure you listen to the interview tomorrow on the Accented World. I'll put a link somewhere. On my, in my show notes and on the website. Of course, the website's there, manyroadstraveled.com. I'm still working on that. And of course, you can find me, like support, you can support the podcast by buy me a beer. But you can also find me on social media, like just Many Roads Traveled, Facebook page, Instagram, YouTube channel, working on that too. But yeah, Many Roads Traveled, I am there. Two L's in the traveled, of course, for my American friends. Okay, so until next Thursday, safe travels, one road attack.